Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. I know you can't say something is the week if there's still double digits left to go before it happens. However, for all intents and purposes, with all due respect to Vanderbilt and Tennessee State, it's Egg Bowl week. How about that? <laughs> Welcome in. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Monday morning. Yeah, I'm going to at least mention it every day from here on out. I know there are games this weekend. I know. I know. I know. I know. There are games this weekend, but we're going to talk about the Egg Bowl today a little bit and then turn into how you see the playoff finishing. So I saw some bowl projections this morning from Jerry Palm of CBS, and I actually kind of disagree with how he thinks the top four is going to play out. So I'll show you what he thinks. And I don't see it going down quite like this. Also tell you where Ole Miss and Mississippi State stand, of course, and uh, the rest of the SEC. Also, Washington fired their coach. And I know there are some internal stuff. Uh, I I saw an article yesterday that said uh, he didn't have very many allies around. But Washington just fired their coach after 13 games. And last year he won his division. But COVID stopped his team from playing in the Pac-12 championship, and he has yet to play his rival, and he got fired. 13 games, hadn't played his rival yet, and won his division in his only completed season. And they fired him. I know there's more to it than that, but geez, I mean, what are we doing here? College football is going crazy, but I'm glad to see you guys Nonetheless, good morning, Chase. How are you? Glad to see you. Zach's biggest Egg Bowl since 2014. I, I think, uh, yeah, because both sides have things to to play for. Uh, I guess 15 is what got Ole Miss to the Sugar Bowl, right? So, yeah, I, I, 14 is probably the answer because both teams still have like a lot to play for as opposed to 15. It was really a... State can play spoiler, and that that's really kind of it. Yeah, yeah, biggest since 14 for sure. Like a, a real, as we talked about some yesterday, this game really actually matters, like from a football perspective. As I said yesterday, it's not, it's not a spectacle game. Some people are going to try to pretend that it is, and some people around here are going to make it, you know, how that goes. And national people who you know, just want clicks and retweets are going to talk about the Egg Bowl and and look down on it, and as they should, because it hasn't deserved to be looked up on. But this year is different. I mean, it's going to be quality because the teams are quality and the game is going to be quality, and you're going to get high-level quarterback play, and there are NFL players on both teams. Like I said, again, like I said yesterday, I'm kind of repeating myself this morning. That's okay. You've got a matchup between a first-round pick, left tackle, and a second to third round pick in Sam Williams, a defensive end. 
Cross versus Williams is going to be one hell of a matchup because those two guys are going to be playing on Sundays next year. Matt Corral is going to be a early first-round pick. Ne- I mean, he will be playing in the NFL next year. You've got that all over this field. State's got a couple of corners that should play at the next level. Ole Miss has a couple of wide receivers that should play at the next level. Like, good football teams, quality football, I cannot wait for it. And with all, again, with all due respect to Tennessee State and Vanderbilt, because those are teams that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have to play this year, or this weekend, I should say. And Vanderbilt does technically have the SEC logo on their chest. Like, that. that is a thing that Vanderbilt does have. Uh, there will be little resistance in either place this weekend. And I got to give credit, by the way, uh, on, on scheduling. So Ole Miss should do exactly what State did this year, by the way, and have a non-conference game the week before because you could have accidentally lucked into having to play like Georgia, for example, uh, <laughs> the week before the Egg Bowl when you leave that date open for SEC scheduling. I really don't know how all that works, but I know that State has Tennessee State this weekend, and Ole Miss had insert conference opponent here. They lucked out getting Vanderbilt, especially this version of Vanderbilt. But Austin P should be this weekend, if the SEC is going to allow it. I think this shouldn't be allowed. But if the SEC is going to allow it, this is where you play Austin P is now as opposed to week two. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. Good scheduling breaks for both Ole Miss and State going into this game. Jason says, Borky, he got fired for hitting an opposing player on the field, didn't he? No. Nope. Um, No. And that was his own player that he slapped on the forehead. Um, No, that was his own player, and they, they fired him without cause, so they're paying his entire buyout. No, that... It's a weird deal there. Um, they better get this higher right. <laughs> they better. In this cycle, if you're a place like Washington, it's not like they were going to get you know, Matt Campbell or Jimbo or somebody like that. But when you're hiring up against LSU and Southern Cal, Miami could come open. That's tough. That's really tough uh, for them, but they'll they'll probably get some West Coast guy that none of us have ever heard of. I did not know this. I have not looked at next year's schedule. Ole Miss has Arkansas before the Egg Bowl. See, that's bad scheduling. If the SEC is going to allow you to play these FCS teams the week before the Egg Bowl, that's bad scheduling. Arkansas is going to be tough and physical, and that's terrible, but... Yeah, we're here now. We get all the time, and we're going to mention on the radio show a lot, and I'm going to talk about it a good bit this week, too, just because uh, the Egg Bowl this week. Um, we're going to get people. This inevitably happens. We, we get it on the text line all the time. We should focus on Tennessee State, or let's not get ahead of ourselves, guys. We've got to focus on Vanderbilt. No, no, we don't. Uh, the <laughs> Us talking about it right now does not impact the game whatsoever. I mean, at all. And I promise you, if I just focused on Tennessee State and Vanderbilt, none of you would listen to anything I had to say this week at all. The only thing 
that can happen in these games that is noteworthy at all is injuries. But I expect both to play a lot of people that don't usually play in games in November, for sure. I mean, maybe uh, Ole Miss lets Matt Krause sling it around for a little while to try to build stats up to get invited to New York. You know, maybe they do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. But both places are going to play in scheme in with protection in mind. If there's anybody banged up in Starkville at all, if there's like a, a guard or a defensive tackle or something that's just, you know, rolled his ankle a couple weeks ago and just kind of lingering, you know, he's playing, but just, you know, coach doesn't feel right, won't play this week or be li- really limited, that kind of stuff. Uh, th- that's exactly what they should do, and that's what they will do. You're going to see – you're going to have to bring your roster to the games this weekend. Uh if they if they're doing it right anyway, because they're going to play a bunch of dudes that haven't taken the field this year. At least that's uh, that's how it should go down. Um, really good scheduling, especially for state going into this game for sure. But I'm excited about this one. I really am. I, I was thinking about that. I actually took my car in to get an oil change this morning, and I was thinking about that as I was waiting in line. How genuinely, truly excited I am for this game and what comes with it. So long story short, this is why you hired Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, or at least this is what you were hoping would happen when you hired Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. And yes, I know Ole Miss is ranked higher. They'll they'll go in at nine and two going into this game and state will have four losses, but This is the kind of stuff you envisioned going into this game where you have a ranked team. State will be ranked. If they're not ranked on Tuesday, they should be. But if they're not, they will be next Tuesday uh, going into the game. Ole Miss will be somewhere around 10. Uh, Maybe teams lose in front of them, so they'll be somewhere 9, 10, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there going to Starkville. This is what... I personally was hoping for when these hires went down. This is a goldmine for people in my position. At least it should be. And this is what I was hoping for. I get preachy when it comes to this game, and I don't mean to. I Forgive me when I do that, because I have observed in my 11 years of living in this state that this game can matter more outside than it does. When it wasn't on Thanksgiving, this game's an afterthought. Nobody really cares. Nobody pays attention. The only reason over most of this game's existence was, well, they hate each other, or it's the only game on TV. When this happened, or when this happens on Saturday, this will be what I was hoping it would be now, where the focus will be on football on good teams, on great quarterback play, on good offense, on apparently, for, on both teams, apparently really good defense right now. Uh, this is what I was hoping for when both of these guys got hired. The The day that State hired Mike Leach and we knew that we had Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach in this state, th- this is what we talked about for days on the radio show was this is what it's going or what you're hoping it's going to be was relevant teams, good football teams, great offense, 
and the focus will be back on just football. I'm excited for this one. I'm really excited for this one. Fireman says, Vandy is not winning versus us or Tennessee. Uh, their season is done, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, their season was done uh, when they lost to East Tennessee State back in September. I mean, this is a this is a really, really very bad Vanderbilt team. I think they're schemed well. I think they play hard. It's just such a dramatic difference in talent between Vanderbilt and basically everybody else in the SEC. And I know that South Carolina had to score with like a minute left to win the game by one. I understand that, but you've seen these guys play. Uh, They are basically hopeless when it comes to playing the better teams in the SEC. They can be schemed up to, to the 10th degree and just have the best game plan in the world, but they don't right now have players that can execute that plan to win games like this one. Even if Ole Miss is playing a C-minus game, if they couldn't care less, if the atmosphere is sleepy, it doesn't matter. These guys are so physically overmatched. You saw it when they played State. If you're a State fan listening to this, you saw it yourself. I thought Vanderbilt had a nice plan that day. They looked like they knew what they were, like they were well coached. They knew what they were doing, right? But they just didn't have players that could stack up against yours. The same thing, of course, is going to happen this week in Oxford. And then it's just a a walkthrough first date this weekend. But yeah, that's, that's why I'm going to overlook this game a lot. You hope the team doesn't, but I'm going to because... Clark Lee has his hands full probably more than he realized when when he took this job. I think he's a good coach. When you listen to him talk, he's impressive. Um, He seems to get it. I I hope Vanderbilt is patient with him because they absolutely need to be. But that's all they can do, or that's all he can do is, is just try to keep them schemed well. But when you see players... So overmatched the way they are on a weekly basis. What what else can he do? You know, I feel bad for the guy, which is weird because he's making millions of dollars. I but I feel bad for the guy, truly. Since as I see the egg bowl being as even as it's been in the past decade plus, especially now with uh, with the way the state with the way that state's offense is playing and the way they're protecting. That's what. The biggest thing to me now is the way they're protecting. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, some, but I, I will be—I will just repeat everything I said yesterday this morning. That's really—that's—that's that's the path we're going down right now. But the difference between states' offense is twofold. The first is they are protecting. So rush three, drop eight only really works when three can get home and get pressures and sacks. Well, three's not getting home anymore. You've got to bring at least. One extra man. And on top of that, when given time, Rodgers is clearly getting more comfortable throwing the football down the field. State runs all these crossers in between the layers of the zone, and he is really executing throwing the ball in between the zone right now, and and that's really helped their offense grow. And, yes, they're running the football a little bit more. They're not very good at it. I mean, uh, fans are are just enamored with, oh, my gosh, they're running the football so well. They're, They're really not running that well. But what they're doing is they're making defenses respect the run, which is opening up the pass even more. They're not running well. They're running, and that is making their offense perform better because of what it does to a defense. 
Uh, so, so that's the huge thing here. Sam Williams has got to have a big day. Chance Campbell would have to have a big day uh, for, for Ole Miss to, to stop this offense because three are not getting home against State anymore. They're not. And luckily for Ole Miss, their defense is built to stop offenses like this, but they've got to get pressure or else they are screwed. There were multiple times in the Arkansas game, which feels like a decade ago, where Ole Miss only brought three and dropped everybody else back into some kind of a zone, and K.J. Jefferson picked them apart because he had time. Ole Miss wasn't getting home with three, and eventually, even with eight in coverage, four or five guys are going to get open eventually. That's that's how it's going to happen. So Ole Miss can't approach this game the way they did Arkansas because Arkansas executed when Ole Miss only brought three and put everybody else back in coverage. Multiple times in that game on obvious passing downs, Ole Miss gave up long pass plays because they got no pressure on Jefferson, and he picked them apart. Will Rogers will absolutely do the same thing if you're not pressuring him. You have seen it time and time again over the last few weeks. If you're not pressuring him, he will beat you. And those receivers are quite good. Um, State's receiving core is much better much better uh, than they were a, a year ago. Um, Polk is is a great player. Uh, Alabama aside, uh, and Traylon Burks aside, so Alabama and Burks, I think this is, he, he's a tier below Burks, but really good, like a high-level uh, wide receiver. Catches everything, gets open. Uh, Jaden Wally's kind of a wild card. He's, he's kind of been a roller coaster this year, up and down, but he can get open and he can beat you, as Ole Miss saw last year. And the Egg Bowl, that ability is still there for him, although it's been a little bit inconsistent. Either way, that matchup is going to be spectacular to watch. Uh, this dramatically improved Ole Miss defense versus the dramatically improved Mississippi State offense. It's, I can't wait. But yes, I agree. I mean, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the line is, is even or, or state minus one or state plus one. Something like that. I would not be surprised at all if that's the line. I, I feel like this is a very evenly matched football game. Uh, Ole Miss getting healthy at wide receiver helps. Uh, Mingo warmed up last week. Sanders and Drummond played. That's big for them. It's really big for them. Uh, not good for the state defense, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think both teams, barring knock on wood, Knock on wood, barring something happening this weekend, both teams are going to go into this game relatively healthy. That's at least how it's feeling right now in the trajectory. I mean, State's really been healthy all year. They've done been remarkably lucky, if you will, uh, with injuries, almost the exact opposite, at least on offense. But it feels like they're both going to be healthy at the right time for this game. Jason says, speaking of good teams, Smart will win it, but how many others should be considered ahead of him for SEC Coach of the Year? Um, if Ole Miss wins their next two, it should be Kiffin over Smart. There's your Max Kellerman take of the day. Um, who else could you consider? Heupel, I think that's that's kind of going away. At least it should. I mean, he's done a good job, but not like best job. Um, it'll be Kirby Smart, though. I mean, come on. Who am I kidding? When Georgia goes undefeated, it will be Kirby Smart. Of course. Of course it will. Sid says, I've watched college football for over 50 years. This may be the worst Vandy team I've seen. 
I don't think you're exaggerating either. They are so bad. Uh, quarterback play is bad. All, uh, line play is bad. They they don't have any athletes at all. I mean, they they are so physically overmatched. Uh, just it, it's a miracle they beat Colorado State. It's a miracle they beat Colorado State. And they had to kick a last-second field goal to beat UConn. I mean, this is not only a Vanderbilt team that is bad in terms of their SEC opponents. This is a Vanderbilt team that is bad in relation to everybody. I said this uh, on Saturday to a buddy. Liberty would beat Vanderbilt by 28-plus, 35 points. If they were locked in, Liberty was a far more difficult challenge for Ole Miss than that of Vanderbilt. That's how bad these guys are. And I'm not I'm serious. I'm not exaggerating. That Liberty team would beat Vanderbilt by four touchdowns. Absolutely, they would. That that was a far, 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 far more difficult challenge than um, than Vanderbilt will be. My Heisman thoughts. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I still believe in Kenny Walker, although his team happened to lose a game, and for some reason he just just fell off. Nobody talks about Kenny Walker anymore. If that trophy goes to Bryce Young, then you don't have to pay attention to it anymore. You don't have to. If that is the most outstanding player in college football, then just ignore the award and all that for the rest of time because literally he's just Alabama's quarterback. Not even close to the most outstanding player in college football. I am Kenny Pickett, to me, is more outstanding. Kenneth Walker is more outstanding to me. In, in college football. I think it's still up in the air, though. Um, Corral can get back in it with a stat pad on Saturday and then winning the Egg Bowl and playing well. He can get back in it. He certainly can. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Stroud at Ohio State found his way into it with the way he's playing. If they beat Michigan State and then beat Michigan and win the Big Ten, I mean, he his numbers are insane. That offense is insane. It's not a good list right now, though. And again, if if it goes to Young, ignore it for the rest of the time. Kyle says, I'm nervous that Ole Miss won't put Vandy away and Ely and Corral will play unnecessary snaps. I, I understand why you feel that way for sure. I wouldn't be. I really wouldn't be. I, I mean, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. Ole Miss would beat Vanderbilt with Luke Altmaier by four touchdowns, five touchdowns. Seriously, if he played every snap. The, these guys are that bad. Um, I, I would give a hefty dose to Henry Parrish and Kentrell Bullock. I, I would let I would really throw the football to John Rice Plumley and Jacor Pearson and I, and Dennis Jackson. Like that, that's who I would get involved. I would keep Sanders and Drummond and Mingo if he plays very, 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 very limited because it's not going to matter. ESPN said it's 49.6 to 50.4. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I can't wait to see the uh, the gambling odds when it comes to – or not the, the odds. Uh, I mean the uh, the money distribution on this game, uh, the, the percentage of money on Ole Miss and State. I, I can't wait. Jason says, State's running pretty well. It doesn't look good in the box score, but it's nearly seven yards a carry on first down. Well, what about second and third? 
know, they're running well on first down does not mean they're running well in totality. But that's noteworthy for sure. That helps. Keeps defenses having to, to play in the box and stuff like that. But anyway. Morgan says, does it worry you that State seems like a second-half team and the Rebels have been struggling to find offense in the second half as of late? That's something to keep an eye on, for sure. Uh, Ole Miss has been pretty piss-poor offensively in the second half of these games. I was a little surprised by the conservatism, if that's a word, uh, of Ole Miss on Saturday night. I mean, I guess their defense was playing so well they felt comfortable there, but the amount of handoff up the middle, handoff up the middle, swing route, punt the football that you saw in the second half was a little bizarre. And I know the answer is multi-layered. Like Texas A&M's defensive front was getting to Corral. Uh, Kiffin said in the post game that they had some stuff drawn up to go vertical, but he didn't have time. Uh, it looked like they were also doing two safeties look to try to take away the middle of the field, things like that. But still, uh, they were extremely conservative, I thought, in the uh, in the second half. They can't be that next weekend or on Thanksgiving next week. It can't be that because State will bury them just like they did Auburn, no doubt. Chase says, how is Wake Forest this good and Vandy this bad? Both private schools with tough academic standards. Um, it's a good question. A lot of it has to do with Dave Clawson. Uh, you guys know me. If you listen to me enough, you hear me all the time talk about Dave Clawson. And how I don't, we're going to go through another coaching cycle, right? Another coaching cycle where his name's not mentioned. LSU's got an opening. Dave Clawson's not even freaking mentioned. Not even mentioned. You've got an opening in Southern Cal, and that's probably not the best cultural fit, but not even mentioned, not even a thought. Dave Clawson's not even out there. Washington's has an opening. No Dave Clawson. Last year it happened. South Carolina had an opening. Better job than Wake Forest. Didn't even look at the guy. He's one state to your north winning games at a level that that place has never won before. It's the smallest school in the Power Five in terms of student body. Their alumni base is tiny. They have no money. They're like fifth fiddle in their state, and look at what they are. That's coaching. Wake Forest is great because they have a great coach, and yet these programs that have these openings, like Missouri, why didn't Missouri call Dave Clawson? They hired Eli Drinkwitz, who was a one-year head coach at a football factory at Appalachian State. Why? Do you not go in the same state to Dave Clawson, who's been a head coach for years and is winning at a level that they've never won before? I will never understand it. But Wake Forest is this good because of coaching. They've got a great coach, and he's winning games. And you saw it at Vanderbilt, and they had a deeply disturbing scandal there, and yet he was still able to be hired at Penn State, which is something that you want to talk about sports media and their self-righteousness. How was James Franklin able to get hired at Penn State? How did was that not something that was just absolutely destroyed and still talked about to this day? Anyway, um, but you saw what Vanderbilt can be with a with a really good coach. They won nine games back to back years at Vanderbilt. It's coaching, and Dave Clawson. Yeah, I guess he's just going to have to stick around, but. Damn, he's a good coach. Yeah, I'm with you. Corral will be out of the Vandy game before halftime. At least it, he should be, anyway, if they play well. Maybe uh, a, a little stat padding. Yeah, Craig, boost stats for Corral and sit him in the second half. 
Yeah, I have a feeling that they will protect him in terms of the way they call plays like they did in the Liberty game. They really protected him in that game, which is why the offense kind of looked anemic. They'll do it here as well. But, hey, throw for 325 and three touchdowns and get your ass out of the game. You know what I mean? Fairman says, I'm more worried about not being able to score in the red zone. Yeah, that's the thing with Ole Miss. God, they had six trips in the red zone on Saturday night. Six in the red zone. Two touchdowns. Two field goals also. There were four from six in the red zone. But two touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, I have a feeling you'll see a lot more Mingo in the red zone in the Egg Bowl. Big body target, physical guy. You can really use him on that part of the field. That will be something big to keep an eye on. Is that. So maybe that helps some. But red zone play calling, brutal. Brutal in that game. Um, Offensive creativity. Yeah, Craig says it. Offensive creativity in that game seemed lacking. Which I guess you can do that when you're playing that good of a defense. But anyway. Some bowl projections here. I'll share these for you. Bowl projections from uh, Gary Palm at CBS. Here you go. He's got, and I disagree with this actually, he's got Georgia in the playoff playing Alabama, a rematch, and Ohio State playing Cincinnati. So Georgia-Alabama 1-4, Ohio State-Cincinnati 2-3. And here's why I say I disagree with that. Because I believe that that Georgia is going to beat Alabama, and so does he. I believe Georgia will beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, giving Alabama their second loss. To me, when you look at the uh, the playoff rankings, and Michigan and Michigan State both have to play Ohio State. So those three will eliminate each other in, in one way or another. Uh, Ohio State-Michigan likely to be for the Big Ten championship, in my opinion, because nobody in the West will challenge either one of them in the championship game. So either way, I agree with him that Ohio State's going to run the table and finish second. I agree with that. I also can see a scenario in which Oregon loses because he's got Oregon at six, which would imply that they get a second loss somewhere. Entirely plausible, perfectly reasonable. He has Oklahoma at five, which means they uh, they win out. Now, I, I do agree with the premise that a two-loss Alabama, one of which being in the SEC championship game, would get in over a one-loss Big 12 champion Oklahoma. That would cause everybody's minds to just explode, and, and fury would just cast over everybody, but I would actually agree with that assertion. But what I think we're missing here is these guys. Notre Dame. That's who I think we're missing here. If Notre Dame finishes with one loss, I think that Notre Dame would get in over two-loss Alabama. I could be wrong. Probably am. However, I don't think, and and clearly he has Notre Dame losing somewhere because that's, that's why they've fallen here. But... I do not see a scenario, or I don't think it's likely, that Alabama loses the SEC championship and makes the playoff anyway. I don't see that happening. I would agree with the decision if it works out just like this. If Oklahoma runs the table and Alabama loses in the SEC championship, I would agree with that decision. 
I don't think that decision is likely. I also don't think Oregon's going to lose. They do, I think, have Utah this weekend, which makes that interesting. But this right here, this playoff would bore me to tears. This, this looks, to me, miserable. For what a great year we've had in college football. Upsets, parody, everything. For this to be the playoff is boring as hell. It just sucks if this is how it works out. I hope it doesn't work out this way. For what it's worth, uh, he has Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl playing Oklahoma. It is extremely likely. And again, this is implying that Ole Miss wins out. He thinks they will win the Egg Bowl. But uh, if Alabama does not make the playoff, they will be here. And Ole Miss will likely be here in the Peach Bowl. That's, That's how that will go down. More likely than not, it will go down like this, where if Ole Miss does go undefeated for the rest of the way, they beat Vanderbilt and State, but Alabama does make the playoff, they will be in the Sugar Bowl, and Ole Miss will go to the Peach. But Rose Bowl, Michigan, Oregon, Fiesta, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, and Peach Bowl, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh as of now. For Mississippi State, Texas Bowl is where he has them going, so he obviously has them winning this weekend and dropping that game to Ole Miss, and they play Kansas State in the Texas Bowl. That'd be a fun trip, guys. Houston, I like Houston. People crap on Houston. If you can't have fun in Houston, you are the bad time. Houston is not the bad time, and you would have a really favorable matchup against Kansas State. The rest of the SEC, Citrus, A&M hosting Iowa. They're not hosting, but A&M playing Iowa. That's in Orlando. Kentucky playing Wisconsin in the Outback in Tampa. You've got Auburn in North Carolina, which could be a fun game, although Bo Nix's ankle being hurt leads to make you wonder what they will do the rest of the season. Uh, Arkansas and Penn State in the Music City Bowl. That's compelling. NC State and uh, Tennessee in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. That's in Charlotte. And West Virginia, Florida in the Liberty Bowl. Florida in the Liberty Bowl. What a, what a year. That's hilarious to me. And Missouri, how about this one? Is this the ugliest bowl matchup in the history of bowl matchups? Eastern Michigan and Missouri in the Birmingham Bowl? Does it get uglier than that right there? I don't think so. I don't think it gets uglier than that game right there. Eastern Michigan and Missouri on December 28th in Birmingham. Oh, that's just gross. And I believe that rounds out the SEC. Yes, the rest of the SEC right there. So, obviously, this will change depending on the uh, on the Egg Bowl. Uh, but for what it's worth, Jerry Palm thinks that uh, that Ole Miss will win. But man, that playoff—that's just that's gross to me. Georgia, Alabama in a rematch in Ohio State, Cincinnati is gross. I mean, just look at that image and tell me you don't want to see twelve just to have other games besides that right there. So we'll look at some lines this weekend tomorrow, and then uh, I'll tell you how I think the committee will rank the teams uh, tomorrow night. And then we'll start trying to get you ready for Tennessee State and Vanderbilt. No? No? Okay. We'll keep talking Egg Bowl this week for sure, especially with the short week next week and uh, Thanksgiving and whatnot. So while you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just find me, Michael Borky, on YouTube. Subscribe there. Actually, like the video. That would help me a ton as well. 
And don't forget, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot comment. You can't be like Jason here. You, you cannot be like Jason here. You cannot be like Fireman or John who says amen on H-Town. I'm telling you, man, people are like, oh, Atlanta stinks. If you can't have fun in Atlanta, that's a you problem. If you can't have fun in Houston, that's a you problem. There, Every big city I've been to, you can have a good time in. Are some better than others? Sure. Yeah, of course. But you you can go have fun in a big city in Texas. I promise you. You can go get some great barbecue, find some really cool bars, good breweries. I mean, you know, you guys know this. You know this. If State ends up going to the Texas Bowl, you better go and you'll have a great time. That's all I'm saying. But if you're on Twitter, you cannot comment, so hop on over to YouTube, find me there. And be interactive. That's what I want this to be. I liked it this morning. I had a little bit of plan written out, but I just kind of got to your comments, and that's more enjoyable for me. So let's keep doing that, huh? And I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Y'all have a good week, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Talk Mississippi Media Production.